Hello and welcome to uh, Simply Technical. It's been a little bit since we've recorded. Um, I'd say about a week and a half. We had a yeah. big storm. Yeah. Uh, uh, an inland hurricane. In, inland <laughs> hurricane. Inland. Um, yeah, I mean, I was out of power from Sunday till this afternoon, which is today's Thursday. So, four days, basically. Uh, had to throw everything away in the freezer. but. So, what was it like? Living in the 1800s again. Um, so, actually, uh, sleeping was horrible, but since my parents live semi-close by, I stayed there for the most part. But since I have dogs, I had to come back and oh, let yeah. them out, so I couldn't yeah. sleep there. Um, and they don't, they can't take care of them because uh, we don't have a f- or they don't have a fence. But, um, so it's been a little bit. It's been uh, probably a week. Uh, next episode should be. I think I'm gonna upload it tonight. And you'll see it tomorrow, which is Friday. Um, but thanks for thanks for stopping in. Thanks for uh, watching, listening, whatever you're doing on YouTube, uh, Apple Podcasts. Make sure you download, listen, um, give us your feedback. Um, you can always email us at at uh, let's see, it's real simply technical at gmail If you have anything you want us to talk about, discuss, uh, argue on, we'd probably like to avoid politics. Um, we can do a little bit of politics. We can probably do a little bit of politics, but uh, for the most part, we'll try to avoid it some. Um, but if you have suggestions, that'd be fantastic. Um, if not, we'll just keep doing our own thing. Uh, we don't have a, obviously we don't have a guest today. Uh, it'll just be us talking about some local things, um, talking about jobs, manufacturing, and new maps for. Oh, sorry. Back to our stuff. Uh, we're supposed to be adding a website pretty soon. Um and a blog, pretty much, I guess, from one of our friends, Cole. He'll be I doing. Did. He does sports writing on the side. Uh, I guess just for himself and post it for everyone to see it. And I was like, hey, post it to our site when we get us, it up. Yeah. yeah, do it for us. Can't pay anything, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, they don't have to know that we're paying it, them. We're yeah, paying yeah, we'll. He'll get a check at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're supposed to add a website. Uh, make sure to follow us on social medias to get that update when that's going to come out. But uh, things are looking up. Things are increasing for us. Um, starting to get a little more involved in it. Yep. But so, like I said, maps four. Yeah. Uh, Keaton, do you want to go over what all that entails? That it's an Oklahoma vote coming up. Yeah. So maps. If you're not familiar, maps is what's pretty much built Oklahoma City into what it is right now along with the thunder moving here it's it's completely uh, revolutionized OKC's economy so the most recent maps project is just got propo- proposed I think on Monday and they've got 16 different projects on this one and it seems to be a lot more um, I, w- I guess I could say like social social minded. It's so for people to hang out basically downtown, is that what no, you're saying? No, it's different. So most of Maps has been like downtown beautification and oh the trees and, and, and parks and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the convention center. The, mm-hmm. it, they built Bricktown with Maps One, and so this spans back very far. Maps does. I yes. mean, Brick, Bricktown's been around as long as I can remember. Yeah, so, so like '90s. Yeah, and then. But this one is like it's got a bunch of like senior wellness. It's got a mental health and addiction center, a, a bunch of youth centers. So more outreach kind of things. Yes, yes, yeah. Okay. So you said uh, youth center. Yes. So the they um, the youth centers would be I think 
Let's see. What is, what is it? Sorry, we're reading. So we don't miss anything. We're making sure we got everything on the list. Yeah, so it would be like an after school and summer program for, you know, the less fortunate areas of Oklahoma at risk City. At-risk kids downtown. Yeah, at-risk kids. In the inner city, I guess. Yeah. Which so, I don't think of Oklahoma City as having an inner I mean, obviously we have an inner city, but... But it's not the biggest. It's, it's not, because since we're... I mean, we have... We're like the 50th market in the U.S., but... I mean, we only have, including the metro area, we only have like a million people or so. Yeah, it's not a, it's not so huge. So it's not yet, huge, but it's, but it's growing. It's really growing, quick. yeah. Uh, and maps has helped that. Yeah. Um, even if you don't like taxes, you can't deny that it's helped Oklahoma City in general. Uh, yes. Or Oklahoma City and Oklahoma in general. Yeah. So the tax they they are doing. So previously for maps three, the tax was just a penny sales tax. So pretty much added one percent sales tax from four point five to five point five percent, and this. Vote for Maps 4 is an extension of that sales tax. And to me, a sales tax is a lot nicer than an income tax because you have the choice to not buy something. You could buy it from out of state <laughs> or something if you yeah, wanted. Yeah, so I I really enjoy, I like the idea of a sales tax. And, and I, being more uh, libertarian-minded, I typically would not be for taxes, but you have to have some taxes to run a city. And, and I think... To grow a city, you have to be a little liberal with your taxes, and then eventually, once it's grown a bit, quite a bit, then you can start to cut that off. And and uh, well, that's why I think a, a good reason or a good thing with these maps program is they have pretty much a end date. Yes, so it's the temp. They're all temporary, so this would just be an extension of the previous sales tax for eight more years. So, Which the last one was two thousand nine. You said, yes. or I don't know if you said that, but two thousand nine, uh, and, and it ended. Soon or now, ending and, soon, and so they're trying to stay on top of it and get it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and get you know all these new projects. Uh, so it's it's good for the city. Uh, obviously, we need to keep our city nice and clean if we want people to come here. More people here, you know, you might think maybe a little less taxes because you have more people being taxed. So, uh, yeah, but so. one of my to play kind of devil's advocate with that is I've always heard the turnpike is one of those taxes that taxes uh i guess it's a tax on you driving yes. on it but yeah i've always heard oh well we'll stop ta- we'll stop paying you don't have to pay for it anymore when it's paid off when the turnpike when the turn- turnpike's paid off you know, and they just keep extending it I've so that's heard, just a dev- devil's advocate to that yeah, side yeah i've heard though that the the turnpike i don't know how true this is cuz my dad's always complaining about it uh the turnpike is owned by private investors it's not a huh. state owned thing so really? they are the ones that control that, back. yeah. Huh. I mean, I don't really know that. Obviously, it's not a taxed thing because you pay when you go on. Yeah. That's I like that it's paid. Thing. I like that it's paid because then it keeps less people on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you have one, you have less maintenance because less people are on it. Two, you don't have near as much traffic. Yeah. So, I mean, that's super helpful. But that's to, like I said, to play devil's advocate to your. Well, it's just an extension of the last tax. Yeah, but what about Maps 5 when they extend it? Yeah, so no. it's it's temporary until we vote it down, basically. Yeah, and and they're only people are only going to vote for it as long as it's... Producing, producing good, producing. yeah. Yes, so Maps 3, I think we've seen a lot of good and a lot of good still to come, especially with the new convention center. Have you passed? No, I haven't. Downtown? I haven't. Not since the last Thunder game I've been to. Oh, man, it... It is starting to look... It's huge. I think it's going to be one of the biggest in the nation. So, the convention center they're building is at... 
are they redoing the Cox Convention no, Center? The Cox or they... Convention Center is is for sale right now. Oh, it's for sale. Yeah, yeah. So oh. if you want to buy a studio, simply technical, <laughs> <laughs> then then it's up for grabs. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, I remember going to the Blazers hockey games down there. When yeah. I was really little, uh, you're from Tulsa, but no, I I used to come down here. I used oh, to go okay. to monster truck rallies. Monster truck rallies. <laughs> that was in the. They had some in the Cox Convention Center. They had some in uh, the State Fair. Oh, uh, maybe that's where it was. But anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. But I always remember them complaining about the Cox Convention Center when we played hockey because obviously hockey you need super smooth yeah services. Well, since they built that parking garage underneath, it wasn't as you know quote unquote stable as they wanted it to be when it first went up and so there's like slight deviations in the concrete i mean we're human we can't be perfect especially back Back in (laughs) the 90s yeah uh or i bet it was earlier than that you think i don't i don't know when it went up i just remember going there in the 90s yeah but so when you buy it beware (laughs) just because of the hockey players always complained about how the ice wasn't smooth because the parking garage underneath. So that's hilarious. Um, but so where's this new convention center going up? I haven't kept up with maps three at all. So it is on, it's just past whenever you're walking to the, uh, what, what is the thunders? Uh, Chesapeake energy, Chesapeake energy arena. It's pa- just past. So it's probably on the South, on the South on side. The south side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, you know, um, and that, what is, that's just a park or, so they built that uh the new scissor tail park that mm-hmm. they're opening I think in a month actually yeah they're I know it's coming up pretty quick yeah they're opening in a month so scissor tail park is like right right next to it and they will open the convention center I think not next summer but the summer after that so the framing is all built okay yeah so you can see the outline of it and it it's huge well I remember them clearing off that dirt patch when we were at yeah. banquet uh, yeah. when we were seniors but from that Devon Tower. From the Devon Tower, yeah. Um, so, like I said, what what's going to go into that? Do you know? What's going to go into in, in the convention, the new convention center? Uh, I don't think I've seen what's going to happen, but but it's for it's a it's, concert it's, venue, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's going to be a concert venue. It's going to be a large scale uh, event center. So, mm-hmm. oh well, that's good. Comic Con or something <laughs> going on there. Let's hope so. Um, some other conventions that I like. Hopefully, they'll be there eventually. Um, but that, that'll be good because I know that it's been kind of a pain for a while because obviously the Cox convention center is not very good. Yeah. We haven't kept up with it all that much. So, um, for its time, it was great. Or when we were there, when we were enjoying it, then it was good. But with the new updates to the Chesapeake energy arena, then it looks super outdated. The thing about the convention centers are, if you can get a functioning convention center to have large-scale conventions and events, then that stimulates the rest of the economy because mm-hmm. people are coming around from all over, all over people buying are dr- into our yeah. home. Oh, there's a ton of home restaurants mm-hmm. da- in downtown and all their other businesses, and that just starts up the economy. And Plus, I think it actually puts Oklahoma City a little bit more on the map. As people start to realize, oh, this place is actually pretty cool because it's. It it's, might be hot, but we'll it might be hot, but it's not as hot as as Houston Austin or Houston. Yeah. Yeah, and there's less traffic. Uh, That's true. For the most part. For now. Except for when I'm going to work and I'm running late. That's yeah. when there's the most yeah. traffic. Every time. Uh, but that'll be good. Uh, they've always had scheduling conflicts with the Chesapeake Energy Arena, so 
like with the thunder during thunder season. Yeah. Um, I know one of my or one of our friends. You you probably didn't know this, but he would tear tear down the floors and stuff when concerts were going on. So just a pain. So maybe that does suck. Uh, some other people that I know that worked for the Thunder organization or near or close to the Thunder organization. Yeah. They always have it to tear down for concerts. So hopefully that will help that. Yeah. Um, I'm maybe sure we'll I have will. two concerts going on at the same time. That'll be that Vanilla be. Ice and Florida Georgia Line will be next to each other. <laughs> a great. Couple. I don't think if, I don't think Vanilla Ice could get into one of those our huge <laughs> convention centers. It probably wouldn't sell out. Um, okay, so what else is going on with Maps 4? So, we've got several of the socially aware projects. The next, the next one is they're gonna build, they're putting 140 million more into parks, and I, I'm assuming that's it's it's kind of vague. It seems like it's just all across the uh, maybe maintenance the and city. updating. Yeah, them, I up, guess. yeah, maintenance, basketball, and pickleball courts of all things. <laughs> And, hey, don't uh, down pickleball. Hey, I used to play pickleball back in high school. It was pretty fun. I never played, so. <laughs> it's Somebody out there plays it, obviously. Yeah, it, it looks like it's mostly renovations to previous parks. Maybe they'll put in some more dog parks. So not, yeah, not, well, there's already a ton. <laughs> Can never have too many, I guess. Yeah. I, just, I only know the good one dogs. is the Edmund one Edmund that got shut nice. down for... Algae, or blue algae, or whatever. Wait, which one? Not the, the one, one next to OC. Yeah, yeah, the one really? on 33rd and uh, what is that Boulevard? Oh well, it's I guess is it's it open now? again. Yeah, it's open again. I know that they maybe they put something in the water. Maybe they just closed down the water section. But I know uh, I saw an article saying we're shutting down all the parks with ponds because blue algae. Yeah. And I was like, great. Last week, my dog was literally swimming in the lake. <laughs> <laughs> so I took him to the vet. Don't worry, guys. Uh, I took another vet. Uh, I don't know how you treat that, but that's. I mean, it's good to keep our parks updated. We don't want yeah them to run down and yeah rust. I don't know. 140 million sounds like a lot. It's kind of a lot. That's to. actually the largest allocation of funds. It looks. It's like. also the so, <laughs> least uh, or most vague. Yeah, yeah, which kind of worries me. <laughs> and then Vote, no, another big thing they're addressing is a few homeless shelters so okay that's good which is good because i feel like homelessness has been an increasing problem recently uh, especially around my house really well since we live so close to the highway there's that huge yeah. underpass so yeah. people are and uh expressway north of expressway not to give out my location but <laughs> uh north of expressway is super busy so they yeah. always stand on the side um sometimes i see them when i go to walmart you know uh, you just always try to help out when you can, and I mean, yeah. I would hope that somebody would not vote down Maps for because it's helping the homeless. homeless that yeah. would be I'm you're sure, a, you're sure a horrible no person. Works. You would never say that publicly, but you're a horrible person if you <laughs> vote down because of homelessness. Um, and you can take that to the bank, but that's good. I mean, it helps social. I mean, people that I mean, those people obviously need it. Psych, would you say? Uh, Children's like, and was it just children's or for the psychology psych? Oh, like a uh, what was the first thing? Sorry, the it was just a homeless homelessness. It's kind of just addressed as oh, a large, general, oh, okay, general. Uh, well, I didn't know if there was mental allocation. health stuff. Uh, well, they do have they actually do have a mental health and addiction center yeah, that they're putting that's in, good, which is really um, good. That, I'm sure hopefully, we can get 
people back on their feet. Yeah, that'll cross over with homelessness. So that'll be nice. Yeah, that's great. I mean, but now the more exciting can't you can't give too much money to more exciting things that that kind of stuff. So the Chesapeake Energy uh, Arena is getting an overhaul apparently, and I think. It's vague in this, but I'm pretty sure it's that Thunder Alley that they're trying to build. Mm. I don't know if you've seen the concepts. They're pretty much putting in this uh, almost like a district behind south of Chesapeake. So I guess right near the uh, new convention center. And it's going to be called like the Thunder Alley or the new Thunder Alley. Yeah, whatever they come and, up with. Yeah, they'll put like several restaurants and businesses in there. And it looks it looks awesome in the concepts, but it kind of sucks at the time it's coming because right now uh, the Thunder are going to be rough for a while. <laughs> Nobody will be there. <laughs> yeah. I'm I actually hot take in the middle of this, but I think the Thunder will still sell out a lot of their games. Yeah, I think they will. I, I think this year they will, and if they're just they're terrible, next year is going to be a drag. Hey, that's when you buy tickets on the low. Yeah. Yeah, get your season tickets then. <laughs> well, don't get them then because that's when I'm going to be buying them. So wait, and then I'll buy, and then you guys can buy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my friend, uh, he has season tickets, and I think he bought them. So they were on like a six-year wait list or something, and then Kevin Durant, he bought them before Kevin Durant left, right after that season ended. And then Kevin Durant left, and everyone canceled their season tickets, and he's already got his season tickets now. Oh, wow. Well, last year he did. And uh, he lives in Arkansas, so he was planning <laughs> on moving here next year, right around the time when he was getting his tickets, but didn't work out. Oh. Well, if he needs a song to somebody. Yeah, um, I, I took a few, so. <laughs> it was uh, nice. Thanks, Connor. <laughs> is that the Connor in your wedding? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. I'll get to meet him, and then maybe he'll give me some tickets. Oh, he probably will. Okay, and now the the last thing that I'll talk about on maps, and the most I think the most exciting thing is the uh, innovation district they're building. So it's actually going to be right next to where I am working at down at OU, and it's pretty much just going to be a large. What it seems to me is like it's going to be a large um, STEM communi- community for startups and businesses so like pharma jobs biotech jobs it looks like it has a lot of uh data science uh jobs being put in there and so i think to me there's nothing that uh is more important for stimulating an economy than than thinkers and entrepreneurs that are not just normal run-of-the-mill but inventive tech tech entrepreneurs how about that uh silicon valley yeah so an okc silicon S- valley, okay, yeah, silicon valley. <laughs> i mean i don't know if we have the brain power <laughs> not yet but we're not getting yet. there that's so that's the attraction of, yeah. of so for those people do you know what all it's supposed to include uh, uh i don't i don't know what kind of since i'm not an inventor there's a, there's a better there's a i'm better. a designer uh but not necessarily an inventor um I guess I, I'm an engineer, but it'll have it'll have a large engineering presence. Well, I'll go there and then. So I mean, the idea the idea company. of biology and basic research is I mean, not every, most people in basic research don't uh, plan on starting their own business, but or medical but, or medical facility, I yeah, guess. Yeah, but. Uh, there is a large subset who want to see their research taken off into a business. And, and 
to take an idea, you need to have that engineering aspect that can actually implement it into humans. They can design, uh, maybe it's a medical device or maybe it's a drug. And I think this is a good way to mesh it, kind of mesh it together. It sounds yeah, like so it's a, it's a combination of the disciplines pretty much. So on this, the industries that it's, uh, going to be serving are actually aerospace is going to be a large, Oh, I mean, uh, to go off of that, I mean, Tinker. Yeah, you have it's Tinker, the largest, Boeing. the largest uh, air base, Air Force base yeah. in the United States, I believe, at least continental. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about overseas, which is good and bad, but it brings in a lot of jobs. Um, and if, for those of you that don't know, if you work in the aerospace industry and you're, I believe, an, I don't know if you have to be just an engineer. But you work in the aerospace industry, you don't pay any state income tax for five years. Really? It's to attract really? aerospace engineers to, like, Chance. He works, he's not an aerospace engineer, but he works aerospace and he's an engineer. Does he have to pay so, income tax? No state income tax oh, for five gosh. years. That's crazy. I that's mean, awesome. you still have to pay federal, which federal is the majority tax. of it. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's kind of another draw. And it, it seems like they're trying to expound on that. Yeah. Which is good because. Obviously, you want Oklahoma City to grow. The only bad thing about growing is you have more traffic, and I hate traffic. But, I mean, that's just a byproduct of... Well, that's why they're already expanding I-35. Yeah. You, you see all this work. They're, I, they're definitely planning ahead, which it sucks to go through it right now. Like, well, they've they've never planned ahead before now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so they might as well start now. you got to start now. you got to start at some point. Uh, so... Aviation is the first thing on there. Uh, energy is actually another part, which, you know, we have a ton of... We have a pretty large energy sex sector beside, between... Uh, Solar, and, well, uh, oil and gas, and also... And gas, yeah. Uh, I read an article that came out last week. I read it today that Oklahoma is one of four or five states that produces at least 40% of their energy, like energy consumption, from solar and wind. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I understand the wind. It's freaking everywhere here all the time. Texas is number one. Yeah. Um, Kansas is another. Basically, the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, and I think South Dakota, North Dakota, I think, are in there. I'm not for I know Texas is first, and I think Oklahoma is second. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma's 44% of their energy is from wind and solar, which og and just been built a huge yeah. solar farm. Wow. Over on 10th Street. I don't know how many panels they built, but it was huge. Um, it took up at least an acre or two. Um, yeah. And I, I've only driven by, so I have no idea how big the complex actually is. But Texas, I think, was 46 or 47% of their energy, wow. which is crazy because they have so many people. Yeah, that is awesome. Um, now, obviously, energy per capita for Oklahoma would still be low, yeah. even for uh, renewable energy. That's still great. I mean, yeah, it's a step in the right direction without uh, forcing. Yeah, I mean, forcing things down. Ogini, obviously, huge company and huge. They're the main. They're not the only, but they're definitely ninety percent of all customers. I feel like go through Ogini in Oklahoma. Um, so they started that huge solar farm. Which hats off to them. I don't know who's doing all these wind farms or windmills but i heard you get paid like a <laughs> like ridiculous eight, amount eight thousand per windmill per year so you get these guys who are who have 
acres and acres and acres of land. They got like a hundred windmills. <laughs> you know, you just live off your eight hundred k. They don't even. They probably don't even produce any energy. They're just like, we're just gonna build a windmill. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. I so mean, if you want to invest in land in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, just put some windmills out there, and you'll pay for itself in a while. I mean, I know those things are expensive, but yeah, yeah. Um, if you're producing energy too, it'll pay off. Yeah. Um, for that way, well, maybe I'll, it was it like. The state of Oklahoma doesn't pay you. Oh, okay. Pay you the eight thousand. It's it's on average the energy you're. Oh okay. To oh okay. Okay. So yeah. it's not like a tax refund or a no. I I it's a long time a since program. I since I remember reading it, but I pretty sure I remember it just being an average of eight thousand per yeah. one. Okay, yeah. that's that's good information. Uh, but yeah, that's crazy that we produce so much. Um, but. I mean, renewable, I would think that California would be one of the highest ones. I know they have a ton of people, um, but as green as they are or they claim to be, you would have think... Have been to LA? <laughs> yes, <laughs> but I don't look up. <laughs> yeah, it's like... uh, but yeah, so I would think that, you know, California being as... Social... So, uh, conscious... Uh, renewable green energy, conscious, green conscious or renewable conscious, that they would have more, but hey... I, it's probably a little bit easier for Oklahoma to do it because we yeah. have so few, or fewer people. Yeah, and plus, I mean, solar isn't as viable as, of an option as I don't know wind I, in certain areas. I don't know about wind when it comes to yeah. You can't. I mean, California, LA, you couldn't put a windmill. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, you probably could on a building, but yeah. Um, but solar, you're but not getting power for yeah six X six hours a day yeah. or something. Um. But I don't, I don't know about efficiencies when it comes to windmills. I know that... I mean, me neither. I know that uh, solar panels are only like... I think they're about 20% now, 22%. They're getting they're getting up there, but... Uh, so, I guess, sorry. Sorry off the tangent, but that, oh, that no, was good. Uh, maps for... <laughs> yeah, still on the innovation district. So, we said energy, uh, healthcare. That's the bioscience and the pharma side. I'm sure that they're going to have some more specialized hospitals there put in. They're actually building another... Uh, uh, building or another bed center for the OU hospital. It's pretty large. I think it'll be like 250 beds, which if you've ever been into Presby at OU, it is definitely needs... Need some improvements? Yes. Well, I've yes. always heard... I've always heard... I think is OU, uh, there's always a hospital downtown that was like, if you get sick, you don't go there because you might die. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that's a teaching hospital, uh. so... So you got all the young, the young, uh, young nurses working on you, but all the male nurses, huh? All the male. Hey, they won uh, top top hospital in the state now, so wow, so they're back. Oh, maybe they just just maybe it was it's Corey. just a really. It, it, <laughs> I worked there, so it was just. I mean, the, it's just not pretty inside. It's, yeah, it just needs updates. It, I mean, it looks terrible compared it, to and children's. OU. I know, obviously, OU. Uh, Oklahoma University, but do they own it? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so because um, I know it, it was government it was, for a while, wasn't it? I don't know if it was government, but I think it was investors, and investors still have a stake in in the hospital, I believe. But I, I think the uh, contract is expiring soon, so they're gonna get this flood of income, and I'm sure OU OU is real. I'm assuming that OU is very focused on. Uh, on this healthcare industry because you're going to lose colleges as a whole are going to start losing money. And OU I'm sure realizes that 
and like, okay, we can't just take these losses from the college. We've got to move into another field. And so they are investing heavily into their hospitals, their uh, research, and this innovation district is going to play a huge part in the OU's work because they're hoping that researchers are going to flock to discover something at, oh. at OU and then to say, hey, I'm going to spin on a company. We're going to take the company over here. And OU gets a portion of that uh, IP that that uh, the researchers discovered since it was done at their university. I don't know how much they get, but it's it's a portion to be substantial. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if it say it was just ten percent, I mean, that's I think still. It's, I think it's more than that. Honestly, I think it's probably like twenty five, fifty, fifty. Yeah, because because they're paying the students or yeah or to, researchers. Yeah, I guess I always said students, so, but so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much it is, but but that's that's a huge draw because biotech and pharma, these companies they don't get sold for less than you know fifty million dollars, <laughs> or even it's, just their product yeah, getting sold to. Yeah, to I mean, big, I guess I guess you probably sell your company as well if you're getting rid of your main product. You yeah, probably sell they, your company. Yeah, that's how it always works in biotech is they sell people want to spin out their company and then they just want to sell the company and the IP off to a big biotech, a big pharma company that'll do the work for it. And then they can just go back and be comfy in their lab again. So, I mean, that's what I want to do in the future. That's it. It's a very viable, uh, field. If you can discover something, if you can discover something, if you have the creative mindset to translate your research into humans rather than just a mouse or a test tube. Yeah. I mean, it's a long, long road for that kind of stuff for medical things. Um, but, I mean, that's <laughs> it. Kind of goes back to big businesses and how they—they're usually not the ones to create the product. It's usually the little guy yeah, that yeah. will create. I know we talked about this a long time ago. I think it was the first podcast. Which, if you haven't listened to, go back and listen to it. Um, that you know, it's usually not the successful company is usually not the first one to make it, like Apple. I'm pretty sure this is the example we used last time. Apple was the first to make the iPhone. Or, I mean, and a smartphone. But they are the first to standardize it and make it huge. And now everybody wants an iPhone or did want an iPhone. Now they're probably 50-50 or 70-30 or whatever. But I am I think that's what these big companies do. So does big pharma companies. Yeah. Do yeah. They, they do research themselves, don't they? They do research themselves, but... I think there's this, um, and you might not know exactly, but yeah, if you so, have an, so the, a somewhat of an insight, I know they do. I know they do R and D, but it's. I think it's become a lot more common of a model to buy, just buy the company, pretty the, much buy people's R and D, because R and D is expensive and creativity is limited to the people that you have working for yeah. you. Yeah, and when it comes to big businesses, so so the difference between academia and pharma is academia you have freedom you have some you can do whatever you can work on whatever you want whatever your grant whatever you've written your grant for which it should be whatever you want yeah and in uh, a big company you don't have that freedom they're saying oh shoot that uh your heart disease pill is uh not a viable market because say someone another one came out with a better one or there's a better one uh, this we can't charge as much as we want to charge for it, and we're not going to spend a billion dollars researching this 
just to lose money on it. Yeah. And so you have th- that sort of bureaucracy blocking it and then just the fact that they can outsource the R&D and just buy a buy a small company for $50 million is buy their research an incredible, basically. Yeah, an incredible investment. And it's really nice for the people who do the research because they, they can sell it off and then they go back to their job basically. Yep. yep. It's a really comfortable You basically just get a, it's almost like a signing bonus or a hey, you found this. Congratulations. Yeah. Here's a bonus. Yes, and it's 50 exactly. million or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um now you might not be able to answer this, but does OU want you to sell it? Or do they want you to... So say you find something. Say you find a cure for something or a pill to reduce symptoms or something. Whatever yeah, yeah. whatever it is. You find something. Does OU want you to stay? Or do they want you to create your own company? I think OU would want you to create... They would probably want you to create your own company because that IP that uh, you've got and OU's got is going to become more valuable because it's going to be... Uh, it's going to look a lot better in a market situation whenever you've actually spun out a company. But if you're just holding a, a potential pill... Can the OU not produce out that pill, I guess? It, let's not... I guess I'm saying pill. Let's let's just call it like a therapy because I think medicine's going away from the pill idea. But uh, say you're just holding a therapy and this um, uh, patent you've got, but you're not going to spin out a company, well... If I'm a big pharma company and I'm looking for things to absorb, I'm not going to be very confident in a in someone's um, patent if they're not spinning out a company. If, if it hasn't produced anything, basically. So maybe you've probably get like 100x less offer for it if you're not spinning out a company. But a lot of these guys, they spin out. They work with a venture, cap, venture capitalist, and they spin out their company, and they just sit on the board, and they stay at their job. And someone else, like there's runs this, the company basically. Yeah, there's pretty much like a large swath of a, a business CEO, <laughs> business people that are like, I will run this for you. Yeah, they are hounds on these things. Well, I mean that makes. I mean, I don't know how often these things come out because um, I don't keep up with all that medical stuff. But I mean, that would be a huge thing. You start. You see a scientist that doesn't... Maybe they know about business, maybe they don't. Or yeah, I say yeah. scientist, researcher. And you're capitalizing on, hey, I know business, and this guy might not... He might know it, but he might not know it very well, like me. I can turn it into a company or help turn it into a company. And then we sell it in five years, yeah. and I make 10... Say you make, say you just made 10% of being CEO, or even you get absorbed in the new company. Yeah. Or the, the bigger company. I mean, you still are making a ton of money. Oh, they're cashing out big time. It's, I mean, it. it is one of the, it's the best way for someone who's in academia to make money if they actually cared about, most of them don't care about money, which is why they do it, because academia is not a high paying. Well, it's, go, it's basically government field. work. I mean, it is basically government work. So you're just working off grants usually. So this, if they want to make money, that's pretty much the only way or one of the the best way to make money. The and easiest. I, I say easiest. Once you've found it, it's the easiest. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the hard part is finding a... And there's very, very, very few people that do end up doing that, but it's it's it follows that Pareto distribution. There's probably like 20% of scientists or maybe even less than that producing 80% of the patents and the companies, so especially if you go to MIT and Harvard, they... 
there's dudes that have like 2,000 patents. I think Robert Langer has has over 2,000 or some some wow. ridiculous like that. And he's just turning out money then, just basically. Spinning out companies, but he's still right. he still does his research. He still just stays at MIT and huh. does his research. I think the thing is, whenever you get into business, it's becomes limited. Like these people, they do it because. They want to help, the or they limited creativity, the uh, opportunities to work on to discover, to discover things, to generate new knowledge and explore of the science field. Basically, yeah, you're, yeah. you're we don't really have explorers anymore of finding land somewhere. Yeah. We have explorers of the medical field, finding, the, yes, finding exactly not necessarily cures, but I mean there are cures, but uh, pills, building, whatever. Building a foundation of understanding on the human body and how it works and how um, other creatures work and how say like a zebrafish it could regenerate half or i think if a third of its heart gets cut out it can regenerate it which humans can't do that so people want to study how does this work how can we put this get this into ability us. into yeah. humans so that that kind of stuff is just fascinating and i'm sure that's that's why most of scientists want to do science they just want to find discover new knowledge and so do you think they're almost so you say they want to do it for knowledge. How many of them do you think do it for clout or to be gain popularity? Like, hey, I'm Keaton and I discovered seven cures, you know, or whatever. Uh, I'm sure there's a large, a you think, large amount because scientists typically seem to have large egos. The and good ones, the good ones, the good ones, the good ones. Yeah, the bad ones like you don't though. So no, I don't. I have a big. <laughs> I'm ego. kidding. I have a big ego, man. So, but I'm bad. <laughs> so that's a real too bad too. Uh, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Anyways, he's not a bad worker, guys. <laughs> you don't know that. Yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Egos, egos. But they, I I asked about oh, how. Oh yeah. So so do they do it for clout? Basically, clout. I would say legacy. I like I like the idea of like and personally that's a big reason I want to do it is is uh, what do you leave behind whenever you pass away like you have your family and your friends that will remember you but and your material things and your material things which who cares about that, the material those, yeah you don't care about that but your but ancestor or not ancestors your descendants care about maybe some yeah two generations later and that's gone yeah. what what are you doing like so you can. A lot. There's very few people, very few scientists who get remembered, which is, it's the sad truth. But I think it's something that a lot of people probably work for and hope that they can leave some kind of legacy. Well, I'm sure that in the medical field, they leave a very lasting legacy. Yes. But maybe in the grand scheme of the engineers and the CEOs, they don't know about it. But the medical yeah. field is forever. If you discover something, the medical field could forever yeah. be changed. Yeah, exactly. So, so the idea for me when when you decide, I was really torn between medical school and research, the science pathway it was like, okay, I die, and I I'm a doctor. I die. I don't I don't save any more lives. I'm a researcher. You're remembered for what you had saved, I guess, or yeah, yeah. families you've impacted. Which, I guess. I don't even want to say remem remembered, which I do care about legacy. I probably too much. It's probably not that important of a thing for. No wonder you're so involved to, with uh, Elon Musk or <laughs> humans to care about, but but I do care about it a little bit. So, but the idea to me is, um, you die and you can't save any more lives. Uh, as a scientist, if you have 
really contributed to the research. Maybe you haven't even discovered a therapy. Maybe you have just paved the way for a new field that someone else 50 years from now has, is going to use the research that you worked on and discover some kind of therapy. That That is whenever millions of lives are affected forever. And so, in essence, you have you can say you've kind of like changed the world in a way. And I don't think you get that. You get to change individuals' worlds as a doctor, but not in the grand scheme of things. So that was a big push <laughs> for me to go into science. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, um, for all you potential researchers or doctors, I mean, that's. I'm sure that's very... If you care about legacy, I feel like that's an easy choice. Yeah. If you care about half and half, if you care... If you want to make money, just go into go go be a doctor because you're probably not going to discover something that makes you millions more than likely, and you aren't going to make very much as a researcher. So, if you want money, become a doctor. doctor. But if you want to <laughs> impact future generations, could impact future energy and future generations. And even just outside of that, more of a um, balance between like as a doctor, you might be working 80 hours a week that's not that can happen in science you can you can do however much work you want to because it really comes down to your creative input to me is what is what it um seems like i haven't been doing this very long it's it's still pretty new to me but i like the um the idea of solving complex problems i think no, you should have been no, an engineer. <laughs> no two days are the same is, is kind of what I'm saying. So as a doctor, you probably don't have the same days, but you see the same cases. You see the same, I mean. It's a different person, humans, but it's the same, yeah, same symptoms, general, same. Yeah, they had the same the same general diseases. And, and especially whenever you get so specialized as a doctor that you're just, say you're just treating uh Kidneys. Kidneys, yeah. So <laughs> where you're doing Alzheimer's and, mm-hmm. and you're not seeing huge differences between patients. It's I feel like it would become very um, repetitive. And probably disheartening. And it is, yeah. It's like especially an incurable disease like Alzheimer's yeah, or dementia. Yeah. yeah and, but and at least incurable as of now. But and doctors can't they, they can, can only prescribe what they have. So much. Yeah, yeah. And and as a scientist you don't you don't have to face the the heartache of having a patient that you've had for years and then they die or giving them too much medication or then losing um a loved one yes a loved one or just patients that have dementia and aren't the same person anymore yeah like it's a it's a heartbreaking thing to see and in science i don't think you have to see that and and or as much and i i think you should try to put yourself in that situation so you have a little bit more Go uh, get of a picture to say mm-hmm. why, why am I doing this? What's the grand scheme of things? Because at, at some point you're going to be pinhole, pigeonholed into a lab and not see the grand scheme of things. But it well, I mean, that could be that's, that's an it. issue, I'm sure, for researchers. It probably especially, is, especially. I, I mean, you're so new, you might not know, or yeah. you probably don't know, but your opinion on it still matters. That okay, I've been doing research for 12 years on, yeah, maybe not the same thing, but. Uh, maybe two different things. Thing. A lot of them do the same. So you've been doing research on the same therapy for twelve years, and you see no end in sight. Yeah, that's going to be disheartening. Yeah, and it, it, you become a you probably do become a little uh, self um, pigeonholed in, in yeah. your view, and 
you kind of lose sight of what you worked for in the first place. And I, I don't know. I don't know how many people do that. I, from what I've seen, the people I work with are very passionate about what they do, but they're also very young. So maybe once they get older, they don't feel that way. But it, it's got to be motivating if you spend a little bit of time with people that are affected by whatever you're working on. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm sure it's just increases that passion that got you that in the drive in the yeah. first place. Mm-hmm. Huh. Um, and this is kind of something I just thought of and I kind of look at from an engineering perspective. You said that you might be doing the same research for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's always good to get another pair. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know about this. I don't know. When you work on something, are you the only one? Yeah. So it's almost good to almost rotate. <laughs> to, sw- to change projects and... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Okay. I mean, you'll have a slower startup. Like your person, say say you're working on uh, drug A and I'm working on drug B. Yeah. We've both been working for, you know, respectively Forever. six years, ten years or something. Well, my outlook is going to be the same day in and day out, I feel like, of... Oh, I haven't tried this, but eventually I'm going to run out of ideas. Yeah, yeah. And so it'd almost be good to either, you know, trade notes or like switch and say, "Hey, I haven't tried this. This person tried this. I'll yeah. try that." Yeah. So, so that's the other big thing about research. It's very collaborative. So, um, you know, const- you're constantly reading papers, getting new ideas, new points of view on maybe you're working on this protein, maybe you're working on um, this phospholipid. And, uh, you, so you'd be doing, most people are doing more than one project at a time. Okay. And it kind of gives you a broader view. And then at the same time, other people are working on the exact same thing, but they're coming at it from a different perspective and you might get together and work with them on it because maybe you have the biochemistry abilities and maybe they have the genetics, uh, mindset, or maybe they have computational prowess, which is incredibly important for science, but a lot of scientists don't have that ability. And so you kind of just trade. You ask, okay, you work on this. I work on this. We'll both get a paper. You'll be first author. I'll be second author. And and it's, I mean, I think from what I've seen, it's very collaborative. So I do that with my work um, most of the day. So I design, I basically design cabinets. Um, but there, a lot of times run into other issues with, um, since I design living quarters, there's other, I have, to design drain lines, water lines. And I'm still learning from, since I've only been there, actually my one year anniversary is coming up next week, but um, I'm constantly going to my boss or even um, the some of my coworkers that are working with living quarters day in and day out. And I say, okay, you have this issue. This is what I think, but you might have a better solution. Yeah. Uh, what what's your take? And like, especially my boss, he's done. He's been working in the business. He doesn't do living quarters, but um, he's built homes, and so he has that mindset of, uh, well, you know, we can't do that because of this and this. Or um, he also has a. He comes at it since I'm f- new. He comes at it from a material cost saving and a labor savings since yeah. i'm new i don't have that mindset have that. my mindset as of now is efficiency yeah because my internship two years ago when i was a junior or just finished junior year of college 
uh, got an internship, and we all we did was efficiency. We worked on manufacturing processes. So I think of, well, if I can make this part the same size as this, if I can move things around, they can do it quicker because they don't have to move the saw. You know, they don't have to change the angle. They don't have to um, move the measuring tape. But if I, so if I make them the same size, then it's easier for them. They can just do it all at once instead of having to go back and forth. So that's where my mindset is at the time. Yeah. But, I mean, that's why I always go to my boss. He's always, oh, well, we can do this. Or, like, I designed a cabinet to take four doors, basically. Yeah. It was, or I say basically, it was, it was taking four doors. Well, my boss was like, well, why don't you change this around? So that only takes two doors, and we saved sixty dollars on just that cabinet because, when you know, sixty dollars, sixty dollars for a thousand trailers a year—that's that money adds up. Um, yeah. So, uh, but there's also that side of, I talk to marketing. Yeah. I have to talk to marketing about, hey, I designed this cabinet. Which one do you like better? Yeah. Because. I mean, I think about the way it looks because I obviously don't want my product to look bad. Yeah. But it's not my main priority. So I go take it to marketing. What do you think about this cabinet? Oh, you know, it would be nicer if you did this, if you moved uh, this door down so that you had more wood showing or um, you made it more... Sim- and I always try to do symmetrical, but, you know, make it more symmetrical and that, that kind of thing. So I think it's that relating to the medical field because that, that's what we're talking about but it's very important to get other people's point of views yeah yeah and and i mean that's one of the points of this podcast especially too as, <laughs> especially as uh, the world becomes more um specialized so as humans have as technology has advanced humans have had to become had had to adjust and become more specialized we used to have just you know Surgeons who would do pretty much everything back. In, think think Civil War. They do everything. They, ch- they cut your they cut your leg off and they took the bullet out of your arm yeah. or whatever your liver. Yeah. Now we have surgeons who specialize in uh, heart surgeries or heart surgery or even just a specific kind of heart surgery. Like I think it's even more more specific. Maybe you have a a um, heart surgeon who is specified for cancer patients or a cardiol pediatric. Or a, not a pediatric cardiologist, but a cardiologist who also has a a tilt towards um, diabetes. So diabetes affects the heart in a different way. So mm-hmm. so it's like a sp- extremely specialized field, and and especially as science advances, you have molecular biologists, you have biochemists, you have computational biologists, you have immunologists. It, the list goes on and on and on. And it there's so much knowledge to know. One human can't know it all. So you have to get the perspective of people who have abilities in different disciplines than you because quite frankly there's you don't know it all and even if you're the best scientist in the world you you if you think you know it all then you you need to wake up buddy you're the best, <laughs> you're the best uh uh immunologist in the world but you probably don't compare to a mediocre molecular biologist so in in molecular biology that's just just in their respective fields yeah yeah yeah. um i mean that's i think that's super important um and like you said as we get more specialized but at some point it almost becomes too specialized yeah it's a problem it causes like a 
to me it causes. I go to my general doctor, my whatever. What do you call it? General doctor. Uh, yeah. Uh, not pediatrician, is it? No, that's no. It's your primary care. Your primary care doctor. You go to him. And he says, "Oh, this is wrong with you. You need to go to the special person who takes care of your blood. Who knows about your yeah. blood?" And then, well, that's nice about entrance. But uh, yeah. so you go to them, and then they said, "Well, yeah, you need you. I see this, but you need to go see this person because it's affecting your heart. It, yes, exactly. And so now you have twelve doctors that you visit yearly because they recommend that you see yearly. Um, like, uh, it just becomes overwhelming with how much specialization there is but you also at the same point you want good care yeah yeah because you don't want (laughs) i wouldn't want to go to my primary care doctor and say hey hey my foot hurts uh and they say oh we're gonna have to amputate it but really the specialist is like oh no you just need to do this you know (laughs) you know that's obviously that's obviously a extreme Yeah, yeah but um there you want good care but at some point it almost becomes too much. Yeah, it becomes too much. I, I think um, as healthcare evolves and hopefully the prices go down, maybe there'll be some some kind of change. But let's leave that out. But let's say as healthcare evolves, it'll become a lot more um, uh, computer based, AI based. So, so the maybe you go to your primary care and. It the AI diagnoses you and can take you straight, straight to where you need to go. You've only got to go to this these two different doctors. You, everyone's always going to have to have a primary care physician. And you should be going to your primary care physician often. Yeah, yeah, and I could see as the diagnostics get better and the treatments get better, it's going to become a lot more efficient. Especially as we cut out the the middleman of administration, that's become a major hamper on on the. Or human, we don't go system. so fast on that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and well, I, I also, think. Go ahead. Sorry. I also think it's going to become a lot more personalized. It's to where I'm not going to be a. There's a doctor that says, "Okay, let's um, let's take this statin," and it's just a general statin to lower your cholesterol. And maybe in the future, we're going to get your uh, your blood test, see the metabolites that are going on in your body and we're going to say, oh, let's use uh, this statin instead. It'll be much more effective for you because there's tons of statins on the market and that'll treat you better. Or maybe you have a disease and we're going to say, oh, uh, this gene therapy, that's more in the future, more, uh, I mean, there's already some gene therapies out, but it's not proven yet, but we're going to say, oh, let's use this gene therapy. Let's tone down the, um, let's use some siRNA and knock out, knock down these RNA levels and you can kind of control what's being expressed to to a certain amount and I think that'll be a lot more of a uh, personalized medicine approach that'll really cut down the amount of visits that people are going to have to make. Well this is kind of on subject but off subject so now you can almost identify based on your genes and your family history you can almost identify what you're going to have Maybe not to the age, um, but like so, like you take that DNA test of what is it, twenty three and Me? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know anything about that stuff, but so like my parents took it. Yeah. And you figure out, okay, well, I have family history of this, and I have this gene, 
So that means I have this kind of person.